Reload Podcast is brought to you in association with Reload. Reload supply the highest quality automotive apparel online for the classic motor enthusiast. Our selection of clothing and motor accessories brings designs from across the world to the UK and Europe. Check out our online store for our latest offerings. Go to reload.global. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Reload Podcast. My name's Nigel Lamont, and across the desk from me is... Connor McCann. Yeah, it's all about it the last few months, and uh, I think we're just going to do a podcast. Basically, talking cars, car-related stuff, and stuff we've done through the year, stuff that's happening in the news, past, present, future, anything cars, bit of chat in between. My entire know. life revolves around cars, so it's pretty much well, a podcast about my life. Tiling bathrooms as well lately. No, unfortunately. Right, so Connor, good Christmas. It's just a couple of days after the new year. Are you a good Christmas Santa good to you? Yeah, very quiet over Christmas. Didn't do very much. Usually get car parts, work on cars. This year has been bathroom remodel. A different. We bit different, but hopefully we'll be back to it very soon. What about yourself? Work, work, work. Uh, projects are on hold at the moment. And instead of working on a project, I bought another one. But that's just usual. I bought a wee foremost in golf there. You know, the temperature went below five degrees and I instantly thought, I need a four by, a four, by four here, so. See snow on everyone else's Instagram and suddenly think, I need that, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that. I don't think I got anything correlated for Christmas. Did you get anything correlated for Christmas? No. Socks um, and pants. Yeah, socks, pants. You know you're getting old when you enjoy those things. I think oh. last year I got replacement like arches soft, for a Mark III. Soft which is... pair of pants and socks. Oh yeah, Tesco's finest. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Connor, we'll just start by uh, talking about our drug addiction, Carcane. Carcane. As they say in America. What what podcast is it? Uh, Donut? Or is it Hoonigan's? Oh, I don't listen to it. I didn't even know Hoonigan had one. So, yeah, yeah. Indeed. so petrol and cars, your poison. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about your past and VWs growing up. What brought you into cars, if even cars? Growing up, it actually was didn't really brought into cars. My dad rallied right up till mid-80s, rallied fates, Circuit of Ireland, that kind of thing. Nothing Accustomed to a welder then, a fate of fate. Uh. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, he's kind of passed it on. I like a good Mark Three, something that you can <laughs> Fred Flintstone down the road. So, yeah, grew up hunting, shooting, fishing, that kind of thing. For humans or animals? Everything. It's Northern Ireland, you know, yeah, yourself. Yeah. So, started then maybe around 11 Got into off-road racing with dune buggies, single seat, 250ccs. Upgraded in Speedsmarks to a 1.2 Novas. It was a series all-track run. Ran those for about four years. Did okay. It wasn't anything serious. It was only a mile up the road from us. So something you could drop in and out of. But we were there pretty much every week religiously, provided the car ran okay. This is back when a Nova was £50. Now you're talking... The good old days. And did that up till about 16 and then kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm almost going to drive, so I'll get a road car. Dad, during those years, wasn't into cars, wasn't really into bikes. This was just kind of a sideline for something, a bit of fun. Mm. And then I was actually kind of goth meddler into skateboarding. And then I remember out one day when I bought this magazine, which was Max Power. The first one I ever bought was a gold TVR that Charisma Customs built on the cover of it. And all the guys were like, why are you buying that? Why are you buying that? And I was like, I know, it just looks cool. 
nothing to do with a scantily clad woman on the front of it. Absolutely not. At 15 years of age. Yeah. And it just kind of spiraled from there. We kind of quit the rally and started looking at building a road car. Got my first car, which was one liter Corsa, and hit at the front end. Worked on that, worked on that. I'd never really done very much work to cars myself without my dad. And then just went out and was like, I'm going to make an attempt at this. And I think the first thing I ever did was change the lower arm. And I kind of got the bug for it and was like, here we go. That spiraled out of control. By the time I got my license, it was went from a silver Corsa to Ferrari Galileo, which is Italian for yellow, maybe? I know, I know my Italian's terrible. I lost track. I thought you'd bought a Ferrari when you were 18. No, uh, no, no <laughs> chance. <laughs> so, um, I yeah. I going, Connor, let that slip me. Like, <laughs> I just bought an old Tessa Ross with a crack. Oh, sure, as you do. So, no, Ferrari paint, um, shaved door handles, shaved filler cap. The petrol went in behind a hinged rear light. And you, you painted it yourself? Yeah. Your dad um, helped out? Then? Yeah, all helped with dad. He was learning, I was learning, just sort of good fun. Yeah. Um, really got the bug for that. And at the same time was into motorbikes. Dad and his friends were building custom bikes and was trying to trying to do the two at once, which wasn't really working. Needed a car to drive on the road, so focused more on the cars. Drove that for about a year and then went to Edition 38 with a bunch of friends from Lurgan and shit just hit the fan. Yeah. On the way home, sitting on the boat, talking to the guys, and it's like, what am I going to buy? And I was torn between a Mark IV or a Polo, which was two opposite ends. It was a bit strange. Tufty seemed to have a Polo sitting and was like, I, I would sell you that. He mentioned it was... Tufty's a well-known man on the scene. For yeah, him. very, very well-known. Probably guys... 25 to 30 upwards like ourselves with no top two mark two vr6 turbo build never ending like a lot of my own (laughs) i can't talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah so bought it off him him and grant seemed to own it between them there's another guy on the scene and bought it and it was the plan was id ibis white respray small wide wheels everything it's sort of seen in the euro scene with edition 38 and that went astray. It ended up being army green, satin green, which kind of became a trademark for me. 14-inch wide Stefans, coilovers, light shaved, took the door handles out again, but left the door handle, but took the pockets out, side repeaters off it, that kind of thing. And then took it off the road in 2009 when my girlfriend Lee blew up the engine, although she claims not to have. And she, was she a definite or what? Or was she no, she borrowed it and 20 miles later it shed itself. So She just drove down the road in first gear in the limiter just? Yeah. yeah. So I, I blame her. Woman driver. Oh yeah, yeah, typical woman driver. She'll love to hear this. So that became a bit of a project and has been sitting 10 years unfinished. I then picked up a 1.3 Mark II Rider, 1300 four-speed. Usual things, coilovers, stuck the 14 and Stefans onto it and drove the wheels of it for a 1.3, 55 horsepower. Going to work in Armagh one day, maybe a 20 mile run, and it managed to pull the centre of the clutch out of itself, which was impressive with all that <laughs> torque. And actually drove it until it seized the oil pump field and I bought an engine off yourself for I think it was maybe £50 at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's far too cheap. It was very cheap. About that actually, yeah. <laughs> could just square it up again. So yeah, I reluct it lay in the yard, and I don't like selling. By the way, FHMRC are listening. Uh, uh, I give him it. All right, uh, Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so his um, account that's resting. <laughs> just resting in my account. Yeah. So um, yeah, took it off the road. Dad went to buy a motorbike. This guy had a Mark Three Golf GTI sitting. Dad comes home after buying the bike and he's like, do you know anybody wants a Mark, t- Mark III? I was like, no, no. He says, oh, you should buy that. And I was like, no, I shouldn't. 
Mark III's are rot boxes, don't want to go near them, don't like them, blah, blah, blah. It's like, ring your insurance and ask them. So I rang them, things were fine there. I was like, hmm, maybe. I goes, it'll be rotten. He goes, the only way you're going to know if it's rotten is you go and look at it. So I was like, okay, we'll try that. Sort of went around, half hoping it was rotten. I could turn around and say, I don't want this thing. 380 pounds later, I'm driving home in a Mark III. With a big smile on your face. Big a smile. in the boot. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> 115 horsepower back in those days for me was phenomenal. It's like, I'm going to die on the road home. This is great. It had mod cons. It had everything from electric windows, power steering. I was like, I'm king of the world here. And that was fairly standard. few wheel changes, few coilovers, daily driver for a few years. And then a cheap VR6 conversion came up. And that spiraled because... It turned your daily driver and the project instantly? It did, kind of. Because over about two weeks over Christmas, Stefan and I, as a friend of mine, put the VR6 into it. Then we went for a run. Everything was fine. We did a bit of a run up the north coast of Northern Ireland, clipped the sump, limped it home, and it lay in the yard for a week. Thought, get the parts, gather them up, we'll fix this. Came back a week later, and a mouse or a rat got into the car, chewed the new wiring loom, chewed the seats, which were totally mint condition, chewed the door cards, chewed the seat belts, chewed the carpets, made a nest in the boot, and I was like, oh shit. So this for me is a big deal, because I don't like mice or rats, can't deal with them at all. So you sent Lee into the car then to get them? I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, girlfriend, she was sent in, and rubber gloves, mask, I was like, get that cleaned out because I'm not touching it. Anything else, if I didn't like the car or hadn't loved it the way I did, it would have been on a forklift and been scrapped. It kind of spiraled because Stefan then had a colour concept he was breaking. I bought the interior cheap off him. I was like, oh no, this thing looks like Ronald McDonald's car. It's red with a yellow interior. I kind of thought, oh well, the sensible thing would do would just be drive it. No, I was like, I could do a cheap, quick respray on this and this would be grand. Do it yellow, match the seats. And I kind of thought, why am I doing this car yellow? because I'm matching the cheap, shitty seats that I've just bought. Why not do it the colour I want? Ended up changing the colour, which then didn't match the seats anyway, so I had to dye the seats. Then I had wheels that I picked up, and it just got crazy. So yeah, obviously then, it had become far from a daily driver. A friend, Matt, was building his VR6 Turbo Mark II at the time. Bought the wheels off him, which he had picked up, was a set of B- uh, BBS. Shout out to Matty at Valve <laughs> on Instagram. He loves his tags. That's a, another never-ending build. So, so close. Picked up a set of BBS RCs off him, got them to fit. So we were sitting then, respray, interior done, new carpets, lots of new stuff throughout. Um, coilovers and things fairly tidy looking. So that was fine. Drove to the first show we were at, which was in Longford with yourselves. And right, yeah. MLVW back in the early days of it. It was the old... The barracks. The barracks, uh, yeah. And spot. driving out of the, everything was grand, of course, coming out of our meeting point in Lisbon, possibly second, third gear wheel spins, as you do. And everything was fine. Going down the road, started popping out of fifth gear, and I'm like, hmm, that's not normal. But fuck it, we'll drive it on. Got to the show, everything was good, had a good day, driving back out of the show, just about to come out onto the main road and the gearbox locked solid. So that was fun. It was a fun afternoon. The show had wrapped up and everybody was just lying underneath Connor's car, basically going, it's broken. Yes. <laughs> what do we do? How do we get home? Thankfully, Lee had AA cover and 
she said she was driving the car i jumped into her car took it home got it recovered back up the road and in four nights we had the because you went and picked up the new gearbox the monday or tuesday didn't you yes the plan was originally that we wanted to take the car to castle wellen which was the week later yes happened to build a car and get it managed to finish it a week early unheard of with ourselves and this happens so i'm like oh no i'm gonna actually miss the original date that i wanted to so we took into it lee stefan and i think chris guinan aka genuine um they were definitely all involved and possibly matt as well drove up north coast to look at a gearbox which turned out to be a complete mess of a thing while we pulled the old setup out in the garage and dad's garage so turned out the gearbox was scrap matt had a spare box so we bought it off him and in the four evenings rolling just putting it back in i thought oh we'll respray the engine bay that'll be fine doing that started to get word of you should wire tuck this you should wire tuck this and i'm like nope nope it's not happening but all in my head, I'm going, I should wire tuck this. So there we are, two o'clock in the morning, three nights into it, with work at seven or eight o'clock the next morning, working out how to wire tuck this thing. I'm like, okay, right. So cut a long story short, finished it up for Castle Well, everything was good. And then it just became a session of how can I get the next thing lower and still drive properly? And I could lower and lower and lower. And then eventually bit the bullet, went to a ride. And that was where we got to and then now it's sitting as pretty much a bare shell you had contemplated what was it you start you were going to go with a 24 valve conversion yes you are still yes but you were going to go with something else first or something wasn't it oh i originally looked to put in a 16 valve on 45s or else throttle bodies potentially and uh, the same one come up for sale in england it was like that thing is incredible thought hmm, could go for that Colossal money ended up buying a 24 valve. So the plan now is 24 valve, go crazy in the bay. We're ready to ditch the power steering. So now we're going to ditch the ABS is long gone. The servo is going. Pretty much anything that in the engine bay isn't the engine gearbox or steering system is gone. Yeah, just smooth. Yeah. Um keeping the air right, keeping everything pretty much the same except for I'm do a big burp. You mad at I was that. building, yeah. <laughs> I was building up. Uh, keep everything pretty much but the just, same. But just talking on your air ride, like this whole car, you see some crazy, crazy money spent on cars. How long have you had the car? Four years? Seven years. Holy smokes, not seven years. Yeah, seven years, but uh, for a daily driver for two or three kind but of that, thing. the money spent on that car is just nothing compared to some show cars. Yeah, it's I mean, Mainly minimal. because your own labour. Yeah. And smart purchasing, like your air raid system wasn't... I, I built the kit out of coilovers. Um, I'd originally... You got this uh, manifold or this... Uh, the bags themselves. The management. You got it from Eastern Europe, did you not know? Yes. Um, the valve block came from a crowd called Air Ride Systems UK in Poland. So it was cheaper. But then the actual strut bodies themselves are TA Technics coilovers. And I contacted OCD in england who were doing coilover conversions for airbags and they wanted phenomenal money for the actual bags that screw on because their kit works with bc coilovers and they were like no we could build this kit but we'll have to adapt it and it would be like 200 pounds a corner blah 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 and i was like well it's just well out of my budget so sitting one night as i do the same my life revolves around cars flicking through everything online and 
was googling TA Technics airbags I think at the time to see were there any cheap setups for that and I found a link to Alibaba which is like Chinese eBay essentially and there was OCD supplier I was like hmm, here we go so I made a few inquiries thought I'm going to get scammed but we'll try this and I think it was £200 later I had four airbags sitting I was like well that worked let's see if we can make this work and yeah, so I think the whole air ride setup for digital management, four way controlled, including struts, is probably about eleven hundred pounds it cost me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, paint was done ourselves, and my dad's single garage. What else? The only thing I haven't done, I got Optimus in Scotland to retrim the interior, and it killed me to pay someone else to do Full something. Retail and something. Yeah, but at the same time, it's seen his work, and it was actually phenomenal. Yeah, top notch, Optimus. So okay, he's. Um, another level yeah so yeah we went with that and say everything else from paint welding i think the only things that weren't done if you take the optimus interior the only thing i didn't do to the car between myself friends and family was bond the windows back in machine the centers of the wheels for face mounting them and there's something else tiny oh well weld part of the exhaust kind of adapter flange to reduce from two and a half to two and three or two and a quarter on the exhaust so that's where we are with the mark three um, there's going to be a theme here because I have a few Mark Threes and I don't sell anything. <laughs> so one summer a few years back, this 1.8 convertible Mark Three came up for sale, 400 pounds locally. I think it was Matt said to me, you should buy that. And I was like, why would I buy that? It'll be good fun for the summer. Same thing, went to look at it. This thing's stupidly clean. I was like, hmm, maybe have a look at this. So I think at the time, actually, he lent me money to buy it, bought it. Suddenly it was spread army green, 16-inch rental steels, which Lee had found for like £38 on eBay, which for five of them. I stole her tires off the Vento. Coilovers were £130 and it had a cheap runabout, which looked pretty cool. And actually became less practical than the Mark III because it was static in the deep sills. Then on in bed one morning, flicking through Facebook, another Mark III came up for sale. Base spec, 1.4 rider, 1,400 valve. Okay, and would be cheaper than this? Like, it, it would, yes, especially with Mark 3s. Oh, I just remembered another car as well. I had not on the list. I just I just remembered a car I used to have at Camerley. I still do. It's up at Andy Maxwell's, actually. That's right, yeah. <laughs> the black one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm looking at this 1.3 or 1.4 base spec rider, four-speed plastic bumpers, and I'm like, that thing is stupid because... How did that survive? No one likes them. They've been butchered, scrapped. I would love that. Lee's like, you should buy that. I'm going, hmm, I don't know. Don't have the money for it. And she's like, yeah, she feeds my habit. She's like, you really need to buy this. So I went to look at it. And of course, yep, come home with that as well. So it's kind of waiting on a semi-restoration we'll go with with it. I don't really want to do too much to it, but that's kind of a running theme. And then my daily driver is a 24-valve. Bora V6 VR6 same with it kept it fairly standard you're a VR6 fanboy like yeah it's uh, lacking somewhere else you have to make up for it in the engine department <laughs> <laughs> so daily it stupid miles per gallon um, it's running ST coilovers probably put the price of the car into running gear on it but it just drives really nice and it's good fun daily driver yeah I only well I had a Mark 4 or 32 years ago but a daily driver oh, it's not daily driver but I bought one it was two weeks before Christmas there. And uh, you forget how smooth the 24 valve engine is. Yeah. It's just a lovely, lovely engine. Taking fuel out of the equation with this country, because of the ridiculous taxes and fuel, it just 
that's a perfect daily. Yeah. It's torquey, it's smooth, it just drives so nice. Like if you're driving easy, you could probably still get mid to high twenties as a push like. Yeah, that's kinda I get mid twenties normal mixed driving on a long run technities you'll get thirty, but no more. Yeah. Which and is, they're 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 basically a, they're an R thirty two without the makeup. Yeah, that's it. You know the difference same, is minimal. Same chassis, just trim. Forty horsepower less, roughly thirty five. I think it is. Yeah. Um, smaller front brakes, same rears. Suspension's pretty much the same as a few wee details and things, but yeah. they're great car for the money. At well, I'll never, I'll never forget. Price. Um, a friend we're going to actually we're driving over to England to do a swap deal, and his R thirty two, and we're at a toll bridge, and there's a twenty four valve, pulling off the toll bridge gate at the same time, and just went for it. There was very little in it, like, and his was Miltech. His R thirty two was Miltech intake remap, and beside us was a twenty four or a V six four motion, with three fellas on it, and you're sitting there going, "What's what's the difference here?" Yeah, where where is your money going? You know, um, I actually drove Gethin, our friend Gethin's car. He bought a Mark four R thirty two, and I drove it back from England for him. Uh, flew over, picked it up into Scotland, and. Now that he doesn't own the car, I will admit that I kicked the shit out of it across England yeah, and Scotland. I know. Um, yes, they're better. They have a bit more top end. You've you've that wee bit extra pull with the more power through each gear kind of thing. But at six times the price, you're kind of going, "Where is this money going?" Because I don't see it. The the only the only downfall. I came to this decision back in 2010, where I was going to go get a new car and. I was looking at a Mark V GTA and a Mark IV R32, and the thing that stopped me getting an R32 at the time was tunability. Yeah, you're kind of to tune them. You basically have to. You can tune them NA, and it's a couple of thousand pound for thirty brake, forty brake at a push. Yeah, pretty much. By the time you mill tech intake, um, if you want to go really on it, you can get the Shrek cam in it, and you'll maybe get two seventy to two eighty. I think Robin's car was. 265 maybe I, I drove it a couple of times it was a sharp car like you want to go any further than that and you're talking stupid money supercharging is not as dangerous as turbo but if you want to turbocharge it you have to go bottom end all the turbo manifold turbos you're probably talking 10 grand to turbocharge it probably I looked at turbo in the 24 valve for the Mark 3 now I was being particularly in all about certain things and stuff on it and my bill was looking at 12 grand now you could do it cheap you do it a lot cheaper reliability might suffer it mightn't look as tidy but if you're going to do something like that, you kind of want it right because you're yeah. just going to grenade everything. Uh, and R32 engines aren't cheap these days. What are they, two grand for second hand one? Yeah, fifteen hundred, two grand, yeah. And then you have the R36. I mentioned the fact I sold a R32 engine about five years ago for 900 quid. Well, I'm kicking myself. That was Paul Evans' old engine. Yeah, that's right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget. I think I sent that to England, actually. Boy, Paul bought it off me. Yeah. So, other than that, I have a Mark One project, which I bought completely at the wrong time, but it was up the right. Mark Ones. Of the Mark Ones. I always had wanted one. Kind of thought I'd missed the boat on them. I kept looking at prices rising, rising. I was like, I can't justify spending this to let it land the yard for a few years until I get things read up with other things. And suddenly, another local guy, Stephen Toner, messaged me one night, and he had a Mark One shell with the bits of two cars, essentially. Don't have any spare wings, do you know? I probably will buy new ones, so you might have them, yeah, if you need them. We could go with that. That's the thing about Mark ones. You say to yourself, I have one there, and eventually in the next few years, I'd well need front wings and probably. A Still better than a Mark IV? 
Um, but you think to yourself, uh, you know, second-hand wings are very dear, but they aren't going to get any cheaper. No. Yeah. So I've learned buy that them over now. the years. Yeah, and don't give anything away like I did for years. I was like, yeah, oh, I'd rather I, see I, people. I, I just, I remember I sold two Mark One shells. Must be fifteen years ago. I bought them off body shop or something in the land in the yard. I just blah blah blah. Bought them, had them for a year because I, I mean, I just thought I'm never going to put these together again. I couldn't sell them. Nobody wanted them. I ended up selling two. One shell was a half completed restoration, or not a restoration, but tidy build kind of thing. Just no, it was just a up. shell that had been had it been not stripped, mm-hmm. um, shot blast or yeah. whatever you call it, and they just started to weld it. And there were a few patches. Like if you had that, if you had that now, you'd be laughing. That's a brilliant base because hundred quid I sold them two shells for. That's ridiculous. The work that's involved just to strip the shell to yeah. do that is phenomenal. So yeah, that's some saving. But hindsight's great. So Stephen he messaged me and he says, "Oh, do you know anybody who'd be interested in this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll bring him around tomorrow night." And of course, I showed up on my own because I was the guy who was interested. And I was like, kind of going in and going, "I don't care what this is because I'm probably going to buy it." And I kept looking at it and going, yeah, it needs a lot of work, but so does everything else. And I was like, yeah, this is getting bought. So done the deal. Thing was ridiculously cheap. Got Essentially, it was a 1300 that was stripped for the shell and a rotten GTI. Everything stripped off them. And it came with this sandblasted shell and a spit and everything on it. And I was like, I can't turn this down. So it's currently taking up space in the workshop and will be a future project at some point. So that's some says a workshop car. Uh, two workshops but it doesn't matter how big they are they're always going to get uh, they'll always fill up but I'll just at this point you're part of a what would you describe as car collective car club called Shed 62 yeah it's kind of a it's like the bloods and crips of the it's kind of nothing but it's kind of something yeah a group of guys sharing a shed yeah it kind of essentially started off as a group of friends needed a name to go under for shows because some if you wanted like a club stand, you had a club kind of thing. Didn't really know what to do. What do you call this? People didn't, not everyone had Volkswagens at the time, unfortunately for them. And kind of come up with this. So everything was kind of based at our workshops or sheds. And it was built in 1962. And that's kind of where the name came from. So it was just kind of neutral. Didn't pertain to dubs or anything like that. Yeah. So it just kind of went with there. And yourself then, with falling in with you guys years back and sort of become part of the furniture we use gti yeah i don't know why i went to gti so i have to edit that out <laughs> so fell in with yourselves and gti years back and haven't looked back so do you want to talk lot, about a bit yourself then with that a lot of road trips a lot of road trips yeah a lot of drinking yeah my background i grew up uh in a small village well on a farm in a small village not too far from belfast so Growing up on a farm in Northern Ireland, your biggest thrill when you're younger is getting to drive the tractor. Oh, yes. So that laid the seeds for cars and, and sort of getting about and stuff. Driving my dad's Massey Ferguson 135. Oh, the cab on her. And I graduated a 565 Massey. I don't know why we've got very country now when you're talking oh, about the farms. Get some Hugo Duncan bedded into this here. Yeah, tractor, stuff like that there. And on a farm, of course, you get the old field car. That's where I learned to drive. Jukes of Hazard style, as hard, hard as you can get it over freshly cut barley fields. A ploughed field, yep. Yeah, and same time, my background, my dad, I was just chatting to us earlier on, uh, my dad, from he started driving, he was big into Fords, had load of Mark II Escorts, RS2000, stuff like that, then he went and got a Mark III Escort, XR3, XR3i, and a couple of his close friends, in 1988, they both got GTI Golfs, 
And in the mid-80s, a lot of people realized that if you owned a Ford, you needed a welder. Yep. Ironic. And GTI came out, Mark II, and everybody just great car, build quality, blah, blah, blah. So my dad shortly got a GTI then, like an 89. And it's funny because I have an older brother and he's into his Fords because when he was a teenager, my dad had Fords. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, my dad had Volkswagens. So uh, that's how I got into Volkswagens. You obviously loved you more to pass that on. Al- always, <laughs> always stuck in my head. Yeah, so grew up. My dad, he had, a, I think he had three GTIs and then he had an Audi 80 TDI and stuff like that there. So came to driving and I got my brothers off casts. So I learned to drive in a Mark 1 Ford Fiesta and fell at the top bar lane, was an engineer. So he got to know that car very well, every MOT. Yep. And I think after about four years, he turned around to me one day and he says, I can't weld (laughs) rust together. (laughs) I I can do nothing for you. There's more Northern Ireland than there is Ford in it. At this stage, my education was going well. I'd failed my levels and got into a foundation course. I got into a foundation course at Queen's, so my dad turned around and he says, you need something reliable to go in and out. I went to Queen's in Belfast. So then I went and bought a Mark II Polo Coupe AS, 1.3cc, fire-breathing horsepower, you know. Eight bouncing valves. I think it was about 45 brake. It was pretty poor. The Mark One got put in the, in the field, basically. Drove the uh, Coupe AS probably for about three or four years. Broke three time belts. Had three head rebuilds. That's impressive. It is really... They're actually a very reliable engine. Yeah. A few breather problems they give at the back. A few issues with that there and stuff. But no, I I love that wee car. It's just time belt broke a couple of times for whatever reason. It wasn't like every year, but it was, you know, it's just like... Every two years? Yeah. I think it was because I was doing about 30,000 miles a year. but And then... Hard miles? Yeah. Young Nigel? Yeah. Um, So what happened then? Oh, I had a Nova. I forgot about the Nova. Um, what, what happened? I think it was the final year at uni or something. Uh, Full disclosure, I do like a classic Vauxhall. Well, this one, I was looking about a Nova because I was sick of the Polo S being dead. So it wasn't completely all Volkswagen, you know, in that stage. I've seen this one for sale. It was a, what was it? A one, it was a 1.2, mm-hmm. but it had a full SR kit on. Well, uh, SR bumpers, SR and three spoke wheels. And when it was in Lurgan. I used to be, a, I don't know if he's still there, not a classic restoration guy. And he restored various AMGs and all the rest of it. And he had bought this Nova for his wife. And he put a new boot on it, a new quarter panels. Okay. And because he restored cars, it was solid. Yeah, he did it right. Properly solid car. And I didn't pay a lot for it. And it was really, really tidy. He, ha- he had done a proper job. I think he'd sprayed most of the car. And it was a good job. And I drove that thing probably two years or so. It's been a month after I got the head gasket. But that's no big deal. We 1.2. Um, there's a fellow from Cumber there. Um, he rebuilt the head. He flowed the head at the same time. I found a second-hand four-branch and an exhaust. It was just a fly machine or mm-hmm. for a one point two. It was a great car. You should have went nothing. So one thing led to another, and I was being a tube one day and mucking about with my mates. Pulled a few handbreakers and little did I notice, but the policeman stand in the corner of the street. Brown trousers. Nigel had his day in court then. Uh, Nigel nearly lost his license so I had a load of points and then I had to go looking for some really cheap insurance cars and I got a one litre Polo and I drove from that for two years and it, it was great I bought it it was an ex-DLA car of all things <laughs> drove it for two years done about 60,000 miles on it I think I replaced one shock on it fantastic 
it was it was a great week car and then by that stage my insurance got below two thousand pound a year yay <laughs> and uh what did i get then i think i got polo cup gt we black one you remember it yeah um, is that jack's car now that's uh, not yeah. yeah got it and a daily drive in it and then the gt is a 1300 as well 1300 multi-point they're about 70 brake horsepower mm-hmm. started to tune it intake joined the polo forum really good forum brilliant got the chip for it four branch exhaust real revvy wee cars no guts top end but good Fun. acceleration the gearbox is excel it's a like a city car gearbox is just about yeah. accelerating yeah no top end but yeah. good fun getting there yeah it turned in the show car I forgot I forgot at one stage I bought a, a G40 I hit G40 as well kept it for about two or three years but eventually I turned the Coupe GT into a show car done all stripped out back seat leather seats cage in it a real nice set of BBS's on it lowered it and uh, yeah Daily daily driving, I was in, I think I was driving a Seat Toledo TDI daily driving at this stage. M- mile burner? Yeah. And then, biggest day of my life when I was about 22 or 23, I bought a Mark II GTI Golf. Oh, no looking back. Yeah. Um, I bought it. It was a red five-door suspension, 16-inch as FAs, old school, 90s look, you know. Drove it. I think I had a couple of Mark II GTIs. I think I had, yeah, about two years I had it or so. I think just blurs in the... In the time that I've known you, you've actually had a few GTI Mark II, so yeah, yeah you're probably right there. Well, I've been driving... I'm a year older than you, Connor, you know, so... <sighs> a year uh, older. Plus, uh, plus it's one it's year plus zero. I've been driving since 96. And, uh, it's actually 10 years longer than I have. I'm 2006 got my license. Yeah. So uh, a couple of GTIs, and then I bought a really nice white three-door, low mileage, good condition. That became my daily driver. Really enjoyed it. Great car. Uh, put good suspension on it. Nice set of wheels. Yeah. Uh, it went away one winter. Got a bit of a spray here and there. Um, got the rear end, the rear boot lid. Sometimes can initially use Mark II. Got that sprayed in the rear panel. And the front panel under the windscreen. And then repaired. Come uh, on there. Yeah. What else cars have I had? I had a left-hand drive Corrado G60. Okay. Fella I knew through the cars. He worked in army bases. Mm-hmm. And there's left hand drive. Was bought he, and left behind. Yeah. Well, no, he sort of, I think he brought it over or something, drove it for a while. Uh, left hand drive is no issue to me whatsoever. I think it's like more adventure when it's left hand drive. Funny offer. We were speaking of that earlier, and I'm the same. Left hand drive, with the exception of maybe a drive through. Overtaking well, or drive. Uh, drive through. <laughs> drive through, yeah. <laughs> Hands up, who's fat? <laughs> Exceptions of a drive through, which I could avoid, yeah. A car park on a multi story, the barriers? I don't do that. I don't yeah. do very big miles, so it's fine. I have a six mile commute, I can drive wherever I want. <laughs> but no, left left hand drive would be fine for myself as well. well. I bought it, and it already had an RSR outlet, stage two Java Sport rebuild, the charger, exhaust intake, the same, the chip on it. Probably thing. talking. Low 200 horsepower there? <laughs> to get over 200 in a G60, I think you're talking head work. Okay. Um, mine dynoed at 192. That yeah. was a healthy pull in G60. Like. That's, back then, how long was that? 10 years ago? More? Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it would have been, where would that have been? That would have been mid-2000s. Yeah, that would be a fit car then, you know. that's My friend Darren Lennox, he has quite a collection of VWs. Not as big as it used to be. Like, he had rallies and golf country and stuff mm-hmm. he still has a golf limited yes the very the one on most, incredible car 
Mark II, 71 of them ever made. Five door, 16 valve G60. I remember going down to a show with him down Drogheda one time and I raced him off a roundabout and he only started to pull on me 70, 80 mile an hour. Yeah, so that's and a his, that's a his was built by G Works. Remember G Works down yeah. in Portsmouth or Bournemouth, yeah. where it was? It had head work, cans, everything done to it. But then I suppose weight comes in that he's run the 4x4 drivetrain, mm-hmm. so that adds. Two three hundred kilograms. Yeah, I know that but from the four motion. No, it was a good fun car. I think at that stage, two thousand and ten, I think I got the black Mark V GTA. Mm-hmm. It was three year old. It was a big deal for me. I, I've never owned as fresh a car. I never have since. Low mileage black three door GTA Mark V. Absolutely loved it. Uh, went to Townshend. That intake exhaust remap lowered. BBS CHs. I kept it for probably three or four years and I basically ended up selling it because I needed something more practical so I started that's when I started driving A4 States yeah that's my daily because the Mark V GTA was daily for a long time family man yeah that, um, that actually would have been the start of me getting to know you when you got the Mark V uh, yeah you had the just caught the tail end of you had a silver VRS Fabia I flip I forgot about that yeah I mean, that was a daily you don't want to deal. remember that yeah diesel yeah that was three years I had that VRS great cars but I remember buying that GTA and I think I must have bought it in the March or April. No, April. End of April, start of May. Because we were heading to GTA International and GTA International was a big, one of the biggest shows in the UK. Uh-huh. And in the space of three weeks, with the money I had from selling the Fabi VRS, I basically made my golf stage one, one and a half, got... Down pipe off Pipeworks, got a Miltec, got a Ram Air intake, got it remapped and dynoed two-year-ish those cars really need that and i basically had it remapped two days before you were heading to gd international so, so uh, did england become a race course oh uh, yeah yeah it was, it was a serious convoy that year when we went to gt i think it was nearly 10 cars mm-hmm. three gtas connor connor brogan he brought his gta yeah black as well um stevie mac diego geffen maybe took something did he have the mark three who knows there that's a yeah. another saga right other cars yeah so basically at this stage my daily driver then went to a4s but i bought the odd thing in between i had a mark ii gti golf with a pd conversion it was some machine what was it nearly 200 brake but the torque was like three and a half hundred yeah but it was a the body was rough on it panel fit ways and some of the conversion work on it wasn't the best bought it out of london drove it home that torque in a Mark II might be incredible. No, no. Be it just it was, just like, it was it. just like a train of torque just pulling you along. The fella bought it off me, took it on a track day, and it actually turned out I didn't. I was just happy the way it went. But he took it to get it remapped, and it turned out the wastegate was closed or something, or broken. Sorry. Oh about. yeah. So um, not boosting right. Yeah. So he took it up to the roll road day and was making one ninety one. And when they fixed everything and adjusted the map, it made 220 brake. And <laughs> That's ridiculous. Add another 40 brake of torque. He went to a track down in Kyrgyzstan two, days, or two weeks later. And he was smoking on Tiger R's. Yeah. Full track prep, Tiger R's. Uh, similar horsepower, probably same or similar. And then they have the torque of a small child, so. Yeah, you know. they're not going to pull anything. Yeah. But no, to be fair, I'm anyone that knows me, I'm a self-professed diesel hater. Yes. Yeah. a 24 valve Bora. Yeah. And even I can agree that that would be That'd be fun. Also have a spell with a C5 RS6. Mate works in a, from, used to work in a Honda dealership and phoned me one day and he says, we've got a trade in here. It'll be cheap, cheap. It's a real tidy one. And one day later, it was a RS6 owner. Box ticked. Yeah, I uh, bought it. Remap, full mail tech. 
in the 500 brake club ish not nearly it was just phenomenal and but the sound of them the oh, it's just v8 thunder. aren't they v8, v8 twin v8. turbo it just animal but for where i live be all right if you're living beside motorways but where i lived i just didn't warm to it that much it was great the long runs and stuff like that yeah but back roads I country like, roads I, I like a good a-road b-road car yeah I mean, I'm sure if you spent a fortune putting suspension and bigger wheels and all the rest of it, you can make it a good. But I just it's still a heavy it, car. To me, it was a static caravan with jet engine strapped to the back of it. Yeah, it's a house that yeah. you're driving down the road. There's no getting away. In fact, you're driving a two-ton car. No, it's not a bandstormer. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm sitting looking at this list here, and I'm still a bit to go, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> is this Nigel who said I not have much to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Had a brief spell with a Mark IV R32, we silver three door. It got a suspension. It got what suspension did it get? It got a full suspension coilover kit on it. Kept it relatively stock because it had a few editing and taken an tech already. Enjoyed it, but as I said, it didn't warm to it that much. Nearly put it in the hedge. Well, no, that was the snow. <laughs> <laughs> but at the minute, what I have, that, that gets sold as well. My main car took the shows last year. Um, I have a Mark Mark Five, Edition Thirty. And what's different about the Edition Thirty than a standard Mark Five? Well, GTI obviously. Well, it was it's there. Every five years, Golf GTIs get an edition. And like, I think the Mark Four anniversary was the year twenty. Ah. Uh-huh. And then what was twenty five? No, actually, we're we're an American there. They're five years behind us. The Mark Four was the twenty fifth anniversary over here, and then the Edition Thirty is your Mark Five, right? Hence right. Edition Thirty, yeah. And then the Six got the Edition Thirty Five, and then the Club Sports Edition Forty, basically. But over at GTI, it has different seats, a few wee badges here and there, color coded bumpers and skirts, KO Four Turbo Standard. It's forty brake up on a standard one. Okay, yeah. The tune so well. Mine, I got I got mine fairly well tuned. It's one owner from you. Um, it's stage two plus, so it's bigger undercooler, all the bits and bobs, RS four return, fuel operated fuel pump. It's just an absolute savage going car. And Mark Five chassis, I think it's just hard to beat. You know, it's just a great. So it essentially is all the stuff you would be adding to your GTI already on it, your yeah. KO four that kind of yeah. thing. And then last year I went full low. <laughs> Got the Stealth Statics and uh, 19 inch OZs, Dakars. Yeah, the SSR, SRS wings on it. They're slightly yeah, the wider. Are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they're 25 mil wider or 40 mil. I forget what it is. Mm-hmm. Drove to Goodwood last year for Players Classic. Really enjoy the car, but I think I might be shifting around the new year. You were saying as well, though, for how low it is, and it looks ridiculously low. It, it drives so well. H&R, they know what they're doing. Like, yeah, that's where you're paying for it, isn't it? It's, it's just... where you pay in suspension. You can... You can buy cheaper coilovers and you'll feel it driving down the road. Yeah, or you won't have the adjustability to have it yeah. on the tiles the way your thing is. The other main car I had, uh, a VR6 Corrado. I've had it probably six years. Uh-huh. Bought a standard VR6 Corrado, red. Um, basically, it descended into a farcicle project. You can't relate at all? No. Bought a rare Recaro interior for it, coilovers on Schmitz for a while. Then uh, I was talking about going supercharged with it, and then all of a sudden my friend was taking his VR6 turbo conversion, Gethin, out of his car to go 24 valve. So I went, that looks plug and play. Of course. Didn't turn out to be plug and play, because it was more down to the radiator guy. Yeah. I had to make custom Boost radiators. pipes, radiator pipes. That. Yeah, so then I had a turbocharged VR6 
Precision Turbo on it, custom intercooler, custom radiator, short runner intake. What sort of horsepower are you talking about? It should be 400, but there's always been an issue with the software, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just not prepared to pay £1,500 for standalone software to get yeah, the extra plug and a custom chip. It pulls like a train, though. It- oh, it's yeah, but it's just not making like a similar cars on exactly the same spec, and they're just not, they're making at the minute 330, 340, but it should be making four easy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a simple thing to do it's but it's a sledgehammer delivery of power yeah it's an old school delivery of power compared to the edition 30 and i think buying an edition 30 sort of ruined the crowd a bit for me because the development of engines and turbos just is the delivery of power is just different yeah then you're remembering something developed by volkswagen then, versus something built in a shed yeah yeah i know what i prefer but yeah. at the same time for drivability yeah you're better with something yeah. with thousands well what millions of development on it not sure what do they know <laughs> They know how to cheat emissions. <laughs> well, also put air air ride in it as well. Not yeah, a few bits involved in it. Like it's, the air ride made the car for me. It just sits yeah, so good. The problem with the Corrado compared to Mark Three is the subframe. Yeah, it sits a lot lower. So it's hard to get, get a low. Car, get a get a Corrado VR6. Now sixteen valve and G6 are different because of different height. It's the, it's the height the sump sits at basically. In yeah, because the, the deeper sump. It's just a nightmare. And there's Mark Rutherford, run static for years, and he just threw the towel in, and he's gone full airlift in his car as well. Yeah, no, that... He has a red VR6, so... Same thing, it'll look incredible on it. Yeah, so that's the Corrado. Also, in 2010, my friend was selling quite a rare car. It was a Mark II G60 Edition 1 left-hand drive. They're becoming quite a collector's item. I bought it with the bottom end. There's a crack, or a, there's piston problems and stuff like that there. And I've been slowly chipping away at it for the last nearly decade you could say because it's now 2020 yep i started to powder coat the front end this was years ago uh, one thing led to another to put it in the back of the shed the engine's built i've put i got the supercharger fully rebuilt built by java sport last year and i had planned to work on it this winter but life etc yeah you have been making good progress on it. it's actually this past year or more yeah, though yeah no, everything's sort of ground out but that's the usual case of oh what's that over there that looks shiny yeah we'll buy Let's that buy that yeah that works yeah that's making uh, it not that drives, work you know there's that there. And again, your it's edition one, that is. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference with that with a normal, say, Mark II GTI? Right. Um, well, it's left hand drive because it was left hand drive only market, I think. German market? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, edition one, you got Chromalux windows, wee decals in the front and rear. You have aircon and then the interior. I think it's electric Recaro's nose, isn't full it? electric everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a bells and whistle G60, basically. So, so well ahead of their time. Yeah. I have fully blueprinted the engine head work. I think it's the R spec charger rebuild. It's basically the full flow on the charger. Yeah. I got uh, done job sport last year. And a full Miltech of a. I forget the make of Manifold. It's an Italian make. Is it Super Sprint? I could be, yeah. Uh, Super I Sprint 4 Bounce on it. But the engine's sitting on a stand in front of the car so it's slowly gonna i'm hoping to come downstairs in the garage someday and the engine magically have attached itself well it looks good for instagram photos yeah oh yeah. i'll just take one every so often yeah. and, you know, look what i have yeah 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 well, i'm die stupid for taking the engine out <laughs> it's one of them jobs where i should have just took the engine out fix it and put it back in but uh, that's a bit dirty look and i'll take that out and powder coat it and it just escalates well in 10 years time when it's finished you'll be happy you did yeah well I've, i was actually a friend sent me a link to an edition one in England for sale recently, and they are now in the high teens. Yeah, that's that's mental. Yeah, it's scary because even you look at the likes of Mark II Golfs, a GTI 
less than 10 years ago. You'd have given yeah. a thousand pound for an eight valve, oh, a, a good tidy one. Now they're just mad. A, bre- money. a breaker now is making that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get one. Yeah, because every well, on name people are buying them up. Yeah, yeah. No, not, not that anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I have a few other cars there. The other day, I don't drink heavily, I don't smoke, I work my ass off. I have a Mark 5 GTA. I bought off Iron Sloan and I'm turning it into a track car because I've done a track day last, started last year. Got the bug for racing. Got the bug for it. Uh, this Mark 5, my mate has emigrated to Australia and it's been sitting and sitting and done a deal. Pulled the old Belsine suspension, put it in debt and uh, hopefully a track car. And also have a Mark 1 Golf. Like yourself. Yes, which I have borrowed and fell in love with. Yeah. Um, long story short, when I went to Queen's... Uh, friend who i still see every so often in my job she dailied in the university and her grand is mark one golf and i sort of went here any chance you sell it not a chance not a chance that's our family car we'll never sell it yeah and as i say she's been in the same not job area field and from time to time bump into her friends were on facebook still blah blah and turned out one day she texts me out of the blue and she says are you still interested in the Mark 1? I says, absolutely. Turned out they put it in the shed, took the brakes off it, and it sat for 10 years. Fantastic. And I went, happy days. I don't care what price this is. Yeah. As long as it's solid. It's and the one you want. Went and bought it, and in the space of three weeks, and about a couple hundred quid apart, I bought TA Technics coilovers, and full service kit, full brakes, and the help of a good friend, Andy Maxwell, who had the car roadworthy in a couple of weeks, and MOT'd. I had a set of BBS RSs sitting on it, dropped it on RSs, and the wee car just looks class. So a 1.3 um, Raider in a rare, I think it's Indian red. It's like a burgundy with a gold pearlescent. It's beautiful when the sun hits it. It looks yeah. phenomenal. Look, it's no show car. It's a used car. It's funny because basically, I think it was ever when they had it, only one person was in it at the time. Yeah. Because key marks are down the driver's side and the passenger side's it's always unlocked unlock from the inside. But I like it. I kind of like it that because you, you don't want a car that you take out sometimes and oh, better not park here, better not park there. If I, it's immaculate. I that thing and just enjoy it. Yeah. If it's immaculate, you worry about it. Yeah. The interior gets me on it. It's just like. Yeah, it's a rare interior. Um, if your grandfather was an interior, this is it. Yeah. This is what it looks like. It's beige cloth. It's yeah, immaculate. It's a, it smells a, like old people. There's a specialist in Holland. I forget the name of the company. I've contacted them about the cloth. Oh, West Trading? The very one. Yeah. And they don't do it anymore. Yeah, because I look for it as well. But they'll do Interlagos, they'll do this, they'll do that. The quote-unquote rare stuff. Yeah, it's a rare, it's a rare back of car, actually. Can't see me selling it. It just looks so good. Yeah, so it's sitting up at the up at the farm in the shade at the moment, just looking sorry for itself for another winter. Wanting to be sold to me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, plans long-term, finish the edition one. Shifting the Edition 30, I'm possibly toying the idea of selling the Daily A4 and the Edition 30, and maybe thinking about a Mark 7 Golf R Estate or P8 SR Estate. SSR. Talking about nose too much. S3. S4. Uh, oh, S4. Estate. But I, got, I do a few miles, but mental miles. So Petla isn't as big an issue as it used to be for me. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. You don't do very many miles. You can just drive whatever you want and actually enjoy what you're driving. Yeah, because. Yeah. I find sometimes that, like the Edition 30, I don't drive it that often. But when you do drive it, you enjoy it. So I'm sitting thinking, I maybe need a middle ground car to combine my daily. Yeah. 
something you know. in between the two. Because during the summer there, I put my lecker on and I cycle into work because I'm only you're seven miles. Because you're hateful on yes. taking oh, up no, the room no, in the road. No, 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 I go down the green. Oh, yes. No. My cycle pass, don't you worry. As long as you're not in the road, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's the end of that. Okay, since it's January, the new year, 2020, we might as well take a look back at 2019, Connor. Yep. A few notes here of what happened last year in the manufacturing side of things and look back at motorsport as well just a quick brief overlook so january the party poppers were just getting swept up when toyota launched the supra the super z4 yep don't pee back any stickers you'll find bmw stickers everywhere on it i think that was the controversy at the time there was bmw part numbers stamped everywhere on it which kind of deflated the day super diehards joint build with bmw but i think bmw just went we shall build the Z4. <laughs> so I think basically Toyota bought the Z4s off and reskinned BMW them. And reskinned them, yeah. Yeah. But phenomenal car by all accounts. Um, yeah, despite the hate on it, it's still yeah. going to be a fantastic car. Three liter straight six twin turbo or single turbo. I don't know. I don't know, and I probably should. Uh, well, it supposedly make 335 twin turbo brake horsepower. Uh, it's got turp skis, and that's the main thing. Yeah. Or maybe Turbska. Well, I've seen the same engine in the E90s BMs, the 335i. Don't talk engine numbers yeah. to me. Those things tune on rail. Yeah. Like, they're so tunable. Well, so we know that's going to be a good platform to work off early, for tuners. Early YouTube channels, the, the guys that bought them or whatever, this took them straight to the dyno, and none of them made below two, 350. Yeah. And then it's, they started to tune them, and they were mapping straight in the mid-fours. Yeah, that's, like, what, well, I was going to say, what more do you want? thousand horsepower yeah, yeah. Um, guys were dropping two jazzies into them as well the, for the old Ameri- schools the americans just went mad on them and i think the, for the first few months they had a lot of problems unlocking the software to get boost on the standard turbo or something i remember watching a few things on it. yeah everything's kind of locked down and then you yeah. stuff. think that's where the but big tuners like come a, in yeah it's like everything else eventually they'll break it down you know some guy in eastern europe will oh, crack yeah. it <laughs> no doubt yeah so the supra i think it's sema basically it was Spot the car, isn't the Supra? Yeah, it was Supra Fest. Yeah, and uh, I about didn't have a Supra. It was but, yeah, no, it definitely. I think the Hoonigan Channel they basically done a Supra count <laughs> on one when, of their recap videos. When, when when did they stop counting? It was just a ding, 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 ding. Yeah, as they went around the show, so you could say the Supra is very popular. I think it is a combination of the tunability, the value for money in America. You can buy one. I think was. Fifty thousand dollars or something like that there. Yeah, 50, around fifty. 000. Base cars do seem to be cheaper over there. Yeah, and the nostalgia factor factoring in for people that want the, le- it. the legend of the yeah. Supra. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but probably and even probably getting ahead of ourselves here, it's likely the release of the year. Car releases, you know, that's probably the top one was the most anticipated. No, there's nothing else really came close. It was the big thing, like you know. But that was January. Moving on to February. BMW, our old friends at BMW, didn't like Volkswagen getting away with all these uh, emission scandals, so they had an EGR scandal. Over a quarter of a million cars alone in the UK got recalled by BMW because they might have caused fires. Yeah. There's no Volkswagens going to fire from their diesel gate, no, was there? No, no, no. no. But, uh, Fiery customers. Big shout out to Andy Totten there. You know, okay. Elder Brothers listen to this. Loves a good BMW, that man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the fact, the problem with that recall was that it, well, I suppose any recall is going to be unexpected, but 
they didn't have the parts so the cars were sitting you're sitting with if you've bought this car and suddenly you're given some that's right i remember hearing that piece of crap to run around in and the dealerships don't have the resources to replace your part so you're sitting for weeks on end and your car's lying your pen on is lying doing nothing and you're running about in some shitter i think i heard of somebody getting the recall because i think they just said bring your car in now yeah and they were getting Enterprise Corsa rentals. Oh, yeah, that's a good replacement for BMW. I imagine they bought a 5.3 five five diesel. Uh, what are they, 60 grand, 70 grand? Possibly. Um, Here's your Corsa, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell you what it good is. Good luck putting the dog in it. <laughs> That'll not go down well at the golf club. No, you'd be shunned. <laughs> good, so, sir. Didn't do BMW any favours. March, Geneva Motor Show rolled around. And because it's 2019, future's coming. EVs dominated um, there was electric motors everywhere, hybrid supercars, just everything from top to bottom was EV dominated. Sounding like blenders. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Once you don't get knocked over by an electric car, you'll never see it coming. That actually has happened to me almost a few times in Tesco's car park. Oh, um, I just... Mm, oh, yeah, you're yeah. coming out, you're kind of looking around, quick glance, but you're listening too. And next thing, woof, this thing goes past you. Or when I used to do roadworks, it was the same. Like a Prius creeping up on you, next thing... It's like a cyclist. Don't I don't, yeah, don't talk to me about cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, virtue signal away. Yes, I'll try that. Tesla, Ali Elon launched another car in March. Model Y has dipping his toes in the SUV market. Model Y, now slowing, only not the 60, a 3.5. Oh, if you want the slower ones, 5.5, so they're dead. Oh yeah, well, it's no good to no man. Yeah, also in March, UK government announced that, oh, 2022 they're going to roll out new cars have to be fitted with speed limiters my love for the government grows more and more so big shout out to lee driving down the motorway at 120 mile an hour in her daily making a wee letter in the post <laughs> is it actually going to be uh, like an enforced limiter where it limits the car or is it going to be we know you've done this here's your ticket i think it's tracked the cameras oh shit right or something like that there so big Here, brother's watching they can't sort brexit out good luck to them sorting that out yeah ah yeah you know it's going to be a very oh it's okay lee has held up a sign to say she's going to be driving the republic of ireland so she doesn't yeah. care she's leaving she's had enough she's leaving <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible pun further on the year bmw done the worst thing possible it was like is this is the equivalent of porsches putting automatic gearboxes in the 911s or the engine in the or front making, sorry making manuals not an option in the 911 BMW launched the one, new one series, front wheel drive only. Yes. So years of rear drive he heritage gone. You can hear them crying from here, Connor. So they basically buzzed a mini. Is it two series? Is it a two series or one series? One series. One series. So uh, a lot of BMWs give out about our BMW fanboys give out about that. More EV news. Dyson, the vacuum boys. So you could actually sound like a blender. Yes. As you do. They a, said a limited they, seventy. They they've had enough of making vacuum cleaners. And they're developing an EV, a seven-seater EV. I bet you that sucks. Yeah, it would suck, all right. But I don't know much. Um, bad news in the motor trade. Ford announced that they were shutting down the bridge implant in South Wales in 2020. 700 staff gone. That's a quite a blow to the area. It is, yeah, especially in South Wales. It's fairly, well, you have a few cities, but it's not a massive, yeah. densely populated area. Yeah. It's a lot of job losses. Just seems to be the way things are going now. It's just... I think every industry is the same. It it all just kind of more automation takes people out of the processes and the robots are taking over. Yeah, and everything's Skynet, turning. Skynet will 
Oh, Skynet. Good old Skynet. It's yeah. true, though. It's uh, it's all coming to fruition. Yeah. I think the, the Simpsons people... the Simpsons have it all planned out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a crystal ball there. Yeah, yeah. June, Volkswagen, their IDR project. They nailed it in the Nürburgring. Smoked the record. Yeah, just literally one year after having done it at Pikes Peak. Yeah. yeah. Broke all records. Just smoking the place. With their diesel generators to charge it, that is. Of course. And then a month later, they went to Goodwood. Broke a record there in the hill climb record. Yeah. Um, as I've said before... Not a fan of diesels. Same with electric. I don't like change. But that thing is incredible. It is glued to the road and yeah. shifts. I think Chris Harris drove it. Okay. Did he? I, I don't know. I watched a video there last year of him driving it. That would be interesting to and see. He, I think he was just blown away with the it's, I think everything. Yeah, it's the torque. Uh, it just gets off the line. But that thing is so light. But I think we're Volkswagen... I think the big key to what they're doing is it's saying, yeah, we can do the Nürburgring, yeah, we can do Goodwood. You know, they're two, one's, what, 13-mile-long track, the other one's a short hill-climb track. Yeah. But they set that car up totally different for each stage. Yeah, You know, it's not going to be an all-rounder that'll do everything and then take you to work kind of thing. But yeah. I suppose every every race car is going to be the same. What's set up for one thing won't be good for the other. Yeah. It's like a controversial Ferrari turning up for press days and... Having a tuned engine in the press cars. Oh, yeah. You yeah. hear that a yeah. few years ago? Yeah. Yes, make it spectacular and they'll yeah. write nice things about it. Yeah, and the customer goes and buys it and goes, why is this so slow? Yeah. <laughs> Those old slow Ferraris. Yeah. Um, another thing in the spring was the UK government trialed noise detectors with ANPR linkage. Yes, I see. Seven-month trial. i seen a thing about this with people actually having anti-lag in the cars. So... In America, I believe a lot of the, they have cameras linked with sound for gun detection, for gun crime. And guys come along and say a Civic, well, obviously, unless it's terrible, it's anti-lag, but loud Civics, Evos with anti-lag, Subarus anti-lag, and suddenly they're picking up these quote-unquote gunshots. So SWAT get launched? Yeah, uh, and it's some SWAT, tube. SWAT team surrounds an Evo 7. Yeah. <laughs> It's like those pictures from H2OI there with oh, I get the, the girl at gunpoint for her stance. Yeah, no no uh, overreaction at all there. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving into the summer then, big announcement. It's not quite as big as Super, but nearly there was the new RS6 Avant. Just shy of 600 brake, 4 litre V8 again, not 60 in 3.6 seconds. Not too shabby for a 2 ton plus car. Yeah, a land barge as such. Yeah, but I think it's well over 100k for the right spec. Yeah, oh, easily, yeah. Those so things are the road say, presence. Everybody say a lease car. Yeah, that'll be, and here, being honest, it's a new car. Would you want to own it outside yeah. of a warranty? No. Driver to showroom, only 30k for the crack. Yeah. Yeah. That's big news in the US. They have been overlooked every time when it comes to RS events in the yeah. Ant world. Uh, so the Americans quietly made messes in their pants. Oh, yeah. When they heard about that there. How many will they sell? Who knows? But everyone well, wants them. That's where the money is. Well, that's it, yeah. You know, Couldn't t- see, see too many being sold in Cumber, to be honest. No, not but too many local. It's not a diesel. <laughs> um, September... Onwards then, VW launched their ID3, launching as their their future, you know, uh, that's the way they see their future. Gulf-sized um, electric cars heralds the signal of the death of the diesel and petrol engines and how the future's looking. All the manufacturers are pointing that direction. Yeah, I think Volkswagen said their last internal combustion engine, the, well, the last range of them is starting in 2026. 
it's hard to it's hard to see that yeah it's hard to imagine but then did you I ever maybe they're saying solely pet but they're still hybrids or such yeah it's they're, they're, i was just talking about the rs6 are you telling me their rs6 is going to be electric in 2026 no well see i, I kind of picked up that it was 2026 was the cutoff i think that's the last year of them like releasing a new engine so if that engine runs for six to eight years as a range, yeah, you're going to get into 2030s. So they're going to stop development. Yeah, I think that's the cutoff right, point where right. we say no more of this. But it's still it is still strange to think like it's not very far away when you think that's six years away. Six years six ago, years you think what you were doing. It's a very very yeah, sports what I was doing six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday afternoon, five o'clock. Right hmm. there we go. Okay, another big announcement. Uh, nearly broke the internet was the launch of Mr. Elon Musk. His te- launching him? His Tesla Cybertruck. It's a pity they wouldn't launch him into space. Well, he has the capability of that. He does, yeah. Rocket, his wee rocket playset that he has. The Cybertruck, I describe it as the Minecraft truck. That's exactly what it's like, yeah. it's. I had a ridiculous laugh at this. I remember lying up in the house and seeing this thing released, and I was like, that can't be the actual thing. And you do you just, a few, thought, you just thought it was a piss take. Yeah. It's literally like exercise. It literally looks like someone drew it with a geometry set and they were like, shit, Elon's come and get this designed. Do you know what it looks like? Just like sitting thinking. Do you remember the episode of Top Gear where they ha- they built the electric vehicle, the milk float? Yes. <laughs> what did you call that, Jeffrey? <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Oh, what it's, was it called? The Top Gear guys should be getting commissioned. Yeah. There's definitely a copyright issue yeah. there. And it, it just got, oh, it got even better because I've seen all these memes online. And I'm like, oh, this thing's ridiculous. And then it started going, what are they going to be the windows for, the glass? And of course, his bulletproof glass, they tested it by throwing a rock at it and it went clean through it. And then next thing, try it again. Yep, clean through it as well. So the bulletproof glass is not as bulletproof as he imagined. Mm-hmm. Now, saying that with Elon is, I think he's a bit twisty. And is it a publicity stunt? He's a full hype beast. Oh, yeah. The man knows how to hype something up. So it wouldn't shock. 200,000 orders in the first day or two. Oh, yeah, yeah. And but then the, again, it was only 100 pound orders. So yeah, it was 100, well, dollars. So. When you look at it that way, though, 200,000 is 20 million. Yeah. Is my mouth right in that? Sounds like trying to get the investors. Um, yeah. Million. If you turn around and say, there's X amount of orders in this, people have put this money down. It's not even in development yet. Will you back this? And you go, well, that looks great. Yeah. And. Like, if you put 100, well, 100 pounds is a lot of money for some people, but if you're into buying a new truck, you put 100 pound down something, you might go, nah, don't want it now. Yeah. Tesla still have it. He has his backing, and happy days, he gets to build his truck on someone else's money. Yeah. Not that he hasn't got the money himself, but that's a smart man. He's a businessman. Yeah, yeah. Good stats and performance stuff. Not the 62.9 seconds. Priced really well. I think it was chat of 50 or 60,000, depending on the specs you want. Uh-huh. Depending on the specs, you get it ranged to 250 miles to 500 miles. Yeah, that was about the year summed up. I think um, the strange thing about it, come back to the Tesla, sorry, is that, well, yes, you don't have, when you build something with batteries and your power plants in different places, it doesn't have to look like a traditional vehicle. You don't ha- need the radiator grills, you don't need... No, high front end for mm. a big engine, you know, your bed out back. It just, I, do you see it on a built-in site? It doesn't, it's like something you'll see driving through the city, but yeah. it, I can't see it as a working vehicle. Yeah. It's just odd. Or there'll be a large proportion of them sold in California. Yeah. Chelsea tractors as such. Yeah. It's the new uh, Range Rover. People buy them as a fashion accessory. Yeah. Again, virtue signaling, look at me. Yeah. 
I'm not old. I don't know what virtue signaling is, so we'll just keep nodding. That's it. <laughs> it's a case of look at me saving the environment. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And while I do it, I'll buy this truck to say, look at me. Yeah. yeah. Certainly turned a few heads, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, again, with come back to the Supra as well, those are probably the two biggest launches, but I picked the Supra over it simply because yeah. it's an actual vehicle you'll see on the road this year. I think it was Supra, Tesla Cybertruck, and RS6 dominated 2019. Yeah. Looking towards motorsport, staying local, we had a local legend, Colin Turkington. Turing uh, car driver. Yeah, champion yet again, BTCC. Yeah. Can't say it's. I used to watch it a lot when I was younger. Like I remember, it was aired live Saturday yeah. afternoon grandstand. Cavaliers and all. Oh, back Volvo offer the, the the proper cars. The Volvo brick. Steel. I had no interest. I haven't come from a rally background. I had no interest in circuit racing until a few years ago. We went to Knock Hill for the touring cars for a stag do, and absolutely fell in love. Yeah. The smells, the sound, again. Bring, brought me back to the racing days and even though it was closed circuit it was like this is actually incredible but I think the beauty of BTCC is the the equality in the field yeah it, there's not wide chasms like Formula 1 you watch it and there's Lewis Hamilton lapping a guy two times in a, two three times in a race what, what's that all about yeah I, I refuse that's not competition no and a lot of it's not down to driver skill either if it was you could turn around and say well he's obviously the better driver but I just refuse to watch Formula 1 that's so boring I sort of got it back into it there Netflix special they've done it behind the scenes it was the lower teams but I heard something it was a very very that. good series what was that called it was Robin put me onto it at sort of I started to watch the Formula 1 again but then again you start to watch again here's the procession kicking yeah. off again it's same year in year out. Yeah, uh, motorbikes. Johnny Ray, super bike world champion, seven times or was it? Yeah, on a Kawasaki. I think it's seven times. Big controversy with that is got overlooked in the what do you call it? Sports personality of the year. Yeah, BBC sports oh. personality of the year. They were near doing a march up the Stormont Hill. Oh yeah, um, that seems to be every year. That seems to be a controversial. Just title. Just hate no, anybody in Northern Ireland sports, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of the main category, but yeah, we'll overlook yeah. everyone. Maybe we should start up a Northern Ireland section next year for them. You know? Done. Um, Formula One champion yet again, Mr. Lewis Hamilton, driving the best car. Snower. Better. I think he puts an autopilot now these days. Yeah. Just, or we're just being too harsh. I don't know. I just, it's not for me. I can't, I can't about it i don't want anything to do with it you're talking about it and i'm like i'm gonna go to sleep here just glazing over yeah i yeah. just don't care yeah might as well be talking about hair products uh yeah hair products and me aren't going well at the minute <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm 20 years out of that category cue wrc that's my field last year's champion Ottenak. You know him well connor possibly do you? yeah right. if that's how you pronounce his name yeah we'll take the word for it estonian driver I think it was Toyota that he was driving on. Yeah, those WRC is just that's mental. Yeah, it's proper just, man balls. It's an odd one because you kind of same thing as the touring cars. It's kind of limited because it's all very even playing fields, but it is just balls of the wall racing. Um, I think I think there is skill, there is car, but there's an awful lot of luck. You hit a stone. Oh yeah, yeah. The terrain, the terrain plays a big, big yeah. part. Tear tear off your yeah. You're, if you're if you're winning by seconds, you're suddenly losing by yeah. hours. You know, Formula One circuit racing, something happens. There's a chance you can still you pull into the pits. Yeah, where are you going to pit in the hedge in yeah. Estonia and the side of a mountain? 
get a wee man this donkey to jack your car up, Aye. you know? Some of the things you actually do see in the WRC oh. is incredible. You've seen years ago guys hanging out of cars because they've broke a wheel off to try and limp it home, yeah. That's like something there to, what do you call it, gumball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I like. Um, a bit of rashness. Another big thing that's just dominating Irish motorsport lately is drifting. Yeah. Mr. James Dean from Cork. He's the 2018 Formula D champion again, three years in a row. Yeah. Um, very young driver as well. I think, um, possibly wrong on this, but one of the youngest <coughs> drivers ever to win it. And seemingly come out of nowhere, the Yanks kind of looked at him and went, who's this guy? And suddenly well, he's winning. He, he cut his teeth in the local drifting series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he worked his way up through that and probably started off with a twin camera and a cone. Yeah. Like most people in this country. Like Formula D in America now is just massive. Yeah. All the money, the sponsorship. It's yeah. just, it's incredible. It's just a phenomenon. Yeah. It's the only way to describe that. And over here as well. Yeah. Motorsport. It's, it's just growing every year. Yeah. It's went from being a cheap, accessible motorsport until something that is, it's big money sport. Yeah. Sums up 2019, Connor, does it? Yeah. Have to see what this year holds for us. Okay, yeah, so I think we'll leave it there for now with our work schedules. Hopefully, be able to do this fairly regular, or if people actually want to hear us again. Yeah, well, so we'll see how it goes, you know. Yeah, may not, but who knows? People. Yeah, I think we'll try and get a few more people involved, maybe a few interviews in the future. Yeah, interviews yeah. with people from different car backgrounds. Yeah. and well, A couple of guys hopefully lined up and bring something different. Maybe yeah. a less full swag and talk for people. Yeah, for the completely dial out. Yeah, you know? exactly. And next time we'll have a guest host on with us as well in the form of my girlfriend lee maxwell go lee go lee indeed so yes if you want to leave us any feedback hit us up on instagram i'm at connor mccann and you are at v boy and if you want to find the reload podcast on facebook or instagram it's just simply reload podcast until next time thanks very much okay bye